Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 142. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I imagine there is going to be some new listeners with this episode. I am just going to get right down to it. My guest today is the one and only Jenny McCarthy. I'm still pinching myself that this interview actually happened. It was such a thrill to have her on the show. Just to give a little backstory, I had actually met Jenny. Well, I actually met her a few years ago when Logan was first diagnosed. I went to a autism event with my mom. Um, It was actually a concert that her husband Donnie was doing. I'm very lucky. Jenny and I are kind of neighbors. She lives like in the town next to mine. And I feel like anyone who's like grown up in this area, like in the Chicagoland area, uh, Jenny is just like such a hometown hero. (laughs) And she is... She's just so synonymous with with Chicago and everyone is like so proud to like, you know, have have Jenny be like from our hood. So I had gone to this event several years ago and I met Jenny and Donnie and they were both so sweet and kind and I had a nice little heart to heart with Jenny and she was great. Well, just about a month ago, two months ago, um, there was a local event. Our police department here in Elgin was doing a autism event for April and Jenny was going to be there. A lot of different like autism organizations were there. My friends from Autism Hero Project, Tamika and Jamie were there. So I, I took Logan. We went. There was a lot of like great stuff for kids and I ran into Jenny and basically just, I was like, all right, I got to shoot my shot. <laughs> and I told her, Jenny, I have this podcast and I would love to have you on. And she agreed to come on. And so it was just like, like I said, such a, a crazy circumstance that kind of brought it together. And somehow it actually happened. And this is what resulted from that conversation. So we had a wonderful chat. Obviously, I think most of you listening probably know the very public side of their story uh, with her son, Evan, who is now, you know, an adult. He just graduated high school and we we talk about that on the episode. But, you know, in the, the early days of their journey, Jenny was very public and very vocal, but there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that... I don't think everyone got to hear about that stuff. They just got to hear about, you know, like the headlines. So I really wanted to dig a little deeper into this and talk more about the personal side. Um, And Jenny totally delivered. (laughs) It's a really awesome interview. We had just a great time chatting. Such like a fun, she definitely has her like Jenny McCarthy spark for sure. I will say I usually keep the episodes like kind of PG-13. Jenny did drop a couple F-bombs, but I feel like... You know, it's just some added color, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Um, but most of all, I what I really enjoyed was just hearing this perspective because I feel like, at least for me, I know it was really different than this sort of like public view 
of their journey. And I loved hearing, especially from, you know, the time that Evan was like a little kid until now, so much like growth and on both sides for Jenny and for Evan. And it was just really beautiful to hear. So I'm going to stop yapping and get to the interview. And I just want to say thank you again so much to Jenny for coming on my little old podcast and sharing. She says this on the show, but she had not done any interviews talking about autism in several years. So I'm honored that she chose to do it here and really just so, so thankful because I think that this is such a beneficial conversation for anyone who has a child with autism or really anyone to listen to because it's just like very enlightening. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jenny. Oh, no freaking way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead right now. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm good, Megan. How are you? I'm so good. Okay, normally I do like a little spiel and we talk a little bit, but I feel like we should just like jump right in because I know we have limited time. Let's dive in. Okay. And I sent you some questions, which I, I again, I don't normally do that, but I do want to say we obviously people listening like know your public kind of story, but what I want to hear about today is more of kind of like the behind the scenes stuff. Sure. So if you would kind of take us back to the beginning and what were like some early kind of signs or red flags with your amazing son, Evan, and then just your feelings around the diagnosis. Sure, sure. So, you know, um, of course, looking back and remembering, uh, let me start with this. The, The thing that tipped him over the edge which I've talked about in many books was um, after his MMR shot, which a lot of kids have seizures right after he was one of them. But to me, that was the tipping point. That's like, I kind of look at it like a barrel that gets filled. And, you know, when that thing overflows, that's when you're really going to see some major effects. But when that barrel started to get fill up, started to fill up, I noticed around two or three months, he started to get that, uh, is it called cradle? I call it cradle crap, but it's really, (laughs) I think it's cradle cap. Um, (laughs) but so much like eczema and Mm -hmm. it was just awful to me. And, but I didn't, you know, back then we're talking 2000, uh, 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, it was barely talked about. And, uh, he has started having like autoimmune issues, earaches. Mm. He is six months or seven months old. I brought him for his wellness checkup and the, and the pediatrician was like, um, he has two blown out eardrums. And I was like, what, how does he have two blown out eardrums? Like he wasn't even crying. That's so weird. Well, you know, looking back now, a lot of these kids have high pain tolerances, you know? So, um, and that happened multiple times with his ears. I just never knew because he didn't Mm -hmm. cry. It wasn't like hitting his ears. And then, then he, he was still hitting his milestones for the most part. You know, you, you compare when you do your mommy and me groups, you know, you're like, Oh God, you know, my kids look at his neck, how strong his neck is. He's really holding himself up on that tummy time, you know? So you kind of compare that way mm-hmm. and he, he was doing, uh, really well. And then after that, uh, MMR, he seized his eye contact was no longer any words that he had 
had disappeared. Um, and he, for those that don't know, his seizure was so bad. He went into cardiac arrest. Um, we resuscitated him a couple of times and, uh, which was hugely traumatic for me in my life. Of course, any mother could understand. Yes. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to lose him not only during that period, but like afterwards, because the amount of meds they put him on along with everything that was the chaos, the, the explosion of neurons that were misfiring. It was, it was terrifying because he didn't even recognize me anymore. Like Mm -hmm. he wouldn't sleep. Um, I had him hooked up to a heart monitor. I actually, when we were in the hospital, uh, I told the doctor, I want this machine in my house. And he was like, no, you can't, you're not a hospital. And I literally did a Shirley MacLaine. I don't know if you remember that movie. And I was like, you're like, get my daughter to the meds. I was like, I'm taking this machine. I'm taking it. You gotta write me a prescription for it. And he was like, yes. calm down. All right. <laughs> so he, I had Evan hooked up to a, um, heart monitor because I'm like, how do I know if he, if he has another seizure while he's sleeping and I'm sleeping, how am I going to know? And then I'm yeah. going to wake up and find him dead, you know? So I lost my mind during that period because I just wanted to keep him alive. That's all I wanted is to keep him alive. Uh-huh. And then I started to diving into, you know, getting help. And once he was diagnosed, it felt like, of course, my world crashing down. And all I knew at the time was Rain Man mm-hmm. back then. And I was like, this can't be. This can't be. Like, it's just overwhelming, as anyone can relate. You know, I'm like, you have visions of what your child will look like, act like, get married, have kids. Like, you, you kind of see their future in your head, which I know you're not supposed to because it's your own projection. But... <laughs> I was like, no, no. And, you know, the doctors at the time were like, well, if you get into early intervention and, you know, early intervention was just basically a lot of ABA back then. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted more because I was like, there's comorbid conditions that are happening to him. You know, he's got mm-hmm. tons of candida. He's got yeast overgrowth, um, basically coming out of his ears and allergies. He was allergic to every single food item. I'm like, where did this, how does this all just come about? Mm-hmm. And dove in to book after book after book and um, found this website called Generation Rescue. And it said, hope for recovery. And I was like, what kind of snake oil is this? <laughs> you know, I would have heard this from my doctor. And this site did have scientists and did have doctors who had children on the spectrum. And they were offering easy options of like, you know what, if you changed your diet from gluten and dairy, you might see a little bit of an improvement, at least, you know, during some therapy sessions. So I started it, I started to know some improvements and just kept going. But I was one of those crazy mama warriors that like, I mean, I was calling the Mormon Tabernacle Church to come over and do prayer sessions. I was like, reading about rubbing spoons to get the, I mean, you just name it. The poor kid went through everything, (laughs) but, um, he, he got better and it wasn't overnight. It took some time. And, you know, looking back, would I've changed anything? No, but, um, I would offer advice 
definitely mm-hmm. to parents who definitely have younger kids right now. Um, if I, if I spew those off right now while they're on the top of my head mm-hmm. would be to like, never introduce them. <laughs> if they don't taste it, they won't crave it. And mm. I used to spout that in the beginning when I was like, my mom would come over and be like, you want, can I give him some a cookie or an ice cream? I'm like, no, <laughs> if he doesn't taste it, he won't crave it. And you know, it only like last year, I let him have pizza for the first time, but it was gluten-free of course, and dairy-free. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think nutrition um, is a big game changer in mm-hmm. our kids and these comorbid conditions that are associated with it. Because our kids get sick a lot. Um, they're hyper, they're tantrum And I noticed like if ever he had a red food dye, like at a birthday party or something, like if he took his finger on the cake and licked it, I mean the craziness. I'd be like the Tasmanian devil. And I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Of course I'm, I'm not, a, I, I let him cheat here and there, but we always suffer the consequences. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's been such, and now he just graduated yesterday in high school. Yay. I know. Which is, was so, um, I was so proud. I'm just so proud because Taking him to the neuropsychiatric unit in UCLA for the first six months every single day during his uh, diagnosis was just soul crushing. I mean, we had to ride the escalator 15 times before he went entered the building. Then we had to walk through the sliding glass doors like 50 times. He had to go back and forth before he can continue his day. It was a lot of OCD, a lot of just just pain and suffering you know yeah but it did get easier still a lot of hard work and um you know these later years it's it was all evan it was all him like pushing himself in school like he started off in special ed in high school and then all of a sudden like sophomore year he walked into the office and started demanding uh, changes in his IEP. He's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. And I'm going to show you and I'm going to get an A so I can move up into the bigger classrooms. And he did all of it and graduated with A's. Um, but you know, it's such a, I'm sorry, I keep talking. Not even let you answer a question. Go girl. You're on a roll. Go. I know. I know. I know. I haven't, I haven't been interviewed and I wouldn't be interviewed for the, it's been like, I think seven, eight, nine years, maybe. Yeah. Um, just because everyone heard what I had to say, pretty much everyone knows where I stand in certain things. Um, but there is another story. There is another story to be told from this perspective of where I am now, you know, like Mm -hmm. the pain that I see in a lot of these kids, uh, young adults who have autism, the neurodiversity group that are like, stop calling us like a mistake. And I'm like, I would never call any of them. They're perfect. They're Mm -hmm. absolutely perfect. Uh But what I always try to focus on was these comorbid conditions that are associated, the the upset belly, the diarrhea, all these things that I, I can possibly have control. I'm going to try at least to make his life, to make his body feel better. Let me put it that way. Make his body feel better so that he can be an optimal, you know, human being to the best of his abilities. And um, 
looking at him now, it's, it's, it's like bittersweet because he'll ask me, you know, why did you come out and tell everyone that I had autism? Mm -hmm. He actually Googled it one day. He was like, I just Googled my name. This was like seven years ago. And I was like, you did what? And he's like, <laughs> I, I, go- I Googled my name. And I'm like, and he goes, we need to have a conversation. And I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> I sat him down and explained everything. And I said, you know, a lot of things people didn't know back in 2002. And to me, I was trying to offer people hope. And I knew Evan that someday we would have this conversation and it's not like you signed up for this and I'm sorry if anything hurts your feelings by making this public, but I want you to know that it, it really did help a lot of parents and a lot of these kids. And what I did back in the day was save the letters, all the letters I got from parents um, that were written to me, they were written to Evan and they're just cases of them. So I brought them out and he read some and was like, okay, I get it. Mm. I get it. And I'm okay with it. And, and it's interesting because, you know, it's a label and no one likes a label, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it's so hard for me to try to have that conversation still of like, trying to heal autism but not fix him if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense yeah you know so I'm like you're perfect the way you are and I'm just making sure that you always feel your best and that's what I hope the older generation understands you know Um, they see so many parents become devastated when they initially get that diagnosis and what a lot of people don't know is the behind the scenes of the the tantrums in the grocery store or in the restaurant or the not eating foods or the constipation, the enemas with a kid that can't speak, but that's screaming and meds that don't work and, you know, sleepless nights and not having babysitters because no one understands your kid or you can't, your kid can't speak yet. Mm-hmm. Um, who's seven, but you, us moms have this amazing telepathic ability to read their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's so much heartache on the side of the parents that isn't quite known, you mm-hmm. know, that you don't know unless you walk in someone's shoes who has a kid on the spectrum. You just don't know. And I do love that there's, you know, great TV shows out there kind of showing some, yeah spotlighting some things um I think sometimes they do get it wrong but you know at least it it's getting out there and it's not just rain man you know that's all I had back then I was like oh my god he's gonna be counting toothpicks and restaurants like (laughs) you know that's all I had but when you see you know now social media and this this generation Evan's generation there was just a generation that came just before him that we get to watch and you know these kids are thriving they're doing amazing they're getting jobs and they still have of course troubles you know uh with teamwork in a job or figuring out relationships but who doesn't mm-hmm. um i mean i don't know i just 
I'm grateful to where we are today with being able to have the communication on social media for parents helping other parents and for these kids helping kids. Absolutely. I feel like so many things you said, they were, the, the, you really answered all my questions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of on your own. Um, I, I love I love what you said, though, about just like, it's not necessarily the autism that we're trying to like treat, quote unquote. It's like all the kind of junk that comes with it. That's right. That causes, you know, other issues. That's right. It's the symptoms that, you know, are possibly fixable heal you know you could possibly heal them or at least make it better i mean you know imagine a kid with autism who can't speak that has you know ibs or you know ulcers or i can't even imagine not being able to communicate that of course they're having a tantrum so if we can go in and lower that inflammation you know you see changes you see smiles you'll see peace you'll see a kid that sleeps all night <laughs> sometimes and you know I remember talking to doctors sometimes that's parents only wish it's like just please help my kids sleep like yeah just please just that's all I want right now is just get them through the night absolutely well I love hearing about Evan being like a self-advocate now that's incredible and that he just graduated high school like these are the stories that just give me so much hope and make me so happy because I and I know everyone listening feels the same way because it's like like you said you plan all these things for your kids and then it's like you know autism comes along and there's all these question marks and it's like will will they graduate high school will they have you know, it's like you're, you, you change your perspective on like what life will look like, but it's still, there's so many things that you just don't know. And can I interject too and say that when shit was hitting the fan, uh, whenever we were in the hospital or if I was at the neuropsychiatric unit in UCLA, there was such chaos happening in front of me and I would close my eyes and I would envision an, an adolescent teenage Evan walking through the door saying to me, mom, I got a girlfriend. And I would, I would live in those little like bubbles. I would send out that vision and then let it go and then be present in the chaos. But can I tell you that the day came where he walked in the door and said, mom, I have a girlfriend. And I broke down crying. And those those visualizations, I don't know what you would call them manifestations, your vision board are so important. Like, yes, of course it's your child's journey, but by, you know, having that hope and keeping that alive is everything because we do, I believe, you know, uh, pave our own trajectories. So if you're, of course you're going to have bad days. Of course you're going to think like this sucks. Nothing's going to get better. That's where I would also journal. Like I look back at my journal and I just saw it the other day and I opened it up and it was like, I'm so sad. Evan regressed like eight steps after all these years, we got him to this place and now he's regressed. I'm freaking out. What if he doesn't get better? You know, I'm going to punch this dentist in the face for giving him gas because I knew gas wasn't good with our kids and he gave him the gas and now he's regressed and la, 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 la. And then I, you know, move the journal another page and you see like, okay, we got through it. He's smiling. He just laughed at an abstract joke. Things are looking bright. So keeping a diary and keeping hope really is everything. And it does 
vibrationally help your kid because we got, we, we know autism or not, our kids can pick up on our energy. I mean, think about your own parents when they used to fight or not fight mm-hmm. in silence room. You'd be like, eek, these kids are empaths. They are so in tune with energy. So if you're feeling like shit, they'll feel like shit. If you have that hope, they'll keep that hope alive. And reading this book, um, Underestimated, it just came out by J.B. Hanley. Yes. It, and I were talking it, about that at the, at it, the end. Yes. Oh, my God. It, it's a must read um, because this kid uh, is now 19. He's considered a, a non-speaker. I think that's the right term. Mm-hmm. And Evan and him grew, kind of grew up together and Evan was progressing and Jamie, this child was not. And it broke my heart because his dad did everything you could possibly think of. I mean, you name it, he did it from fecal implant stuff to oh. flying to Switzerland to fly, you name it, he did it and he couldn't get him to talk. And so they finally found this therapy called letterboard and he is a genius. He just started speaking for the first time. And I don't mean verbally, I mean like on the computer Mm -hmm. uh, and has learned everything via his siblings doing their homework around him. So he's like fluent in Spanish, uh, knows physics. I mean, you name it all from absorbing his environment around him. Then they sent him to school and it was life skills and he's 19 learning how to tie a shoe. But mm-hmm. he's actually a genius. So there's a, these kids know what's going on. And I even asked him, I was like, Jamie, have you known what's going on in your environment the whole time? And he said, the whole time. And the way he described it is like, my brain can't tell my mouth to move. It's like a motor function issue. So by doing the letter board, you kind of, um, sh- kind of, fuse together different neural pathways to get around that motor skill mm-hmm. because there is a whole personality, a human being, an intelligent adult, and a very spiritual in tune child children. Because mm-hmm. think about us with trying to meditate for five minutes. Imagine getting being stuck in a body that, that all you can do is go inward. Mm-hmm. So talking to Jamie was like talking to the Dalai Lama. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. So like I would tell parents, you know, just know that your kid is in tune. Your child is listening. And no matter what, even if you didn't do anything, it gets better. It really does get better. I think that's such good advice. And I I love how you you had said earlier that again, everyone kind of knows this like public persona and like the public side of your story and, you know, everything that goes along with that. But like you said, there's, there's so much more that happened than just what people saw and, or heard about or read about. And I feel like I listening to you now, it seems like there, there, there always was this other side, but it's like people only wanted to hear one thing. Right. Right. And you know, whether people, um, cause the, the, my main thing that came out was of course about the vaccines. Now, a lot of families did have the same experience and a lot of families that I've met over the course of the last 15 years did not have the same experience. You know, we, we don't officially know how our kids 
have their diagnosis. The only thing us parents can do is compare stories, you know, and share treatment advice or therapy advice. Mm -hmm. But everyone has, you know, their own journey and their own pathway to how their child um, was either born or developed autism in their lifetime. And really, it's up to us to be their little guides, you know, and they turn out to be our guardian angels. Yes, I was just gonna say that it's like we're guiding them. But truly, when, when I look back on everything, it's like Logan has been so much more of a teacher to me than totally anyone in my entire life. Like he truly, and like how you just how, even a few years ago, like when he was diagnosed, I maybe like the things you're saying about like just being so in tune and empathic and spiritual, I maybe wouldn't have been ready to hear that. But now I'm a hundred percent agree with you. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of wild how things change and they will change in the course of your journey, but know that you don't have to seek a spiritual teacher or a guru in India because you're living with one, your child. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Jenny, I literally could talk to you all day. I don't want to keep you too long because I know we have a time crunch. I do want to say when I was pregnant with Logan, yours was the only book I read. Oh, <laughs> belly laughs me. They were like, this is the only book you need. And I was like, this is perfect. This is like what a girlfriend would tell you about pregnancy. <laughs> As, you know, And I wrote it for that reason. I was like, I literally was holding Evan after delivery. And I looked at my, my, my doctor and I was like, you lied. You, you didn't tell me half the stuff that was going to happen. How do women not know this? So I just so wrote true. it all down. Good, so bad, and ugly. Okay, one last thing I want to ask you, because this is something I talk about a lot on the show, and I just think it's so important for all parents to have something for self-care and something for their self, but especially for, you know, parents with, with kids with autism. I mean, we are constantly pulled in a million directions. I can't even imagine for you, because you are like so busy and you always have been so busy. What do you do to recharge your batteries? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I... I'm trying to think back then I would go on like a a weekend getaway to Vegas with my friends. And I'm Mm -hmm. talking about once a year. Yeah. Those are essential to kind of let loose, get fucked up (laughs) and feel free. But you know, Mm -hmm. in what I always tell, tell parents too, is especially if you have young ones, you got to start kind of grooming babysitters or relatives that can be babysitters because we get, we know our kids so well that you don't think anyone could ever figure them out or know what they want, but it's so important to ask for that help to, to be able to have those people, you know, if you're married, it's important to have that date night, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you, even though it seems impossible and it might be impossible the first couple of years. I mean, I was, you know, knee deep shit in it and refused to like do anything. I wouldn't even talk to a girlfriend in the first two years. I was like, stay the fuck away from me until I get a, you know, a handle on these things. And uh, two years later, I called him. I was like, let's go to Vegas. So I'm ready. Yeah. You got to make sure you take the time out to just have a great time. And, and, and not just about partying. Like I also read books. I also, um, you know, we didn't really have the internet like we do now, but, you know, I'll get lost in UFOlogy. Find whatever kind of like tickles your fancy that you want to deep dive into and just dive into it. I love that. I think you're so right. Cause you, it's, you can take breaks here and there, but I think getting away, you can turn 
turn unplug and like turn off in a way that you just can't when you know like you have to be home in a couple hours but if you actually have a couple days yep. you really like sink into it it's true and lastly if you're if you're married you know you tell your husband like let's get a hotel room for the night yes or a motel room if you don't have the money like or an airbnb to get out your body out of the house in a new location it's amazing that you can actually enjoy sex again because <laughs> <laughs> you surely don't in those beginning few years. It's like a chore. You're like, oh. Amen. Yeah. Can I tell my husband and I for his birthday this year, we we did that and we stayed at Hotel Baker where you and Donnie got married. No way. That's awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. I love hearing that. I live like I live in Elgin. So we're, we're close by. But it was so nice because we go to St. Charles all the time with our kids, but we actually had like a full overnight and we like, you know, walked around the water and like went out to a couple of restaurants, like just him and I. And it's so true. Like just having that little bit of time to reconnect. It's, it's everything. It is. It's the best medicine for your marriage. I a hundred percent agree. Okay. Jenny, I've loved talking with you so much. Thank you so much for your time. This literally feels like just, I, I can't even believe this actually happened. So <laughs> I couldn't be more thankful you are just incredible and I appreciate everything that you're doing for the autism community and just all your advocacy work. We didn't even get to get into like everything. So maybe, it, maybe you'll come back for a part two. I don't know. I, I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. I love talking to you and oh. um, you were immediate. Yes. When you asked me. So I, I mean, like I was so honored and I was so honored to get to chat with you. All right. Well, you take care. Tell Evan and Donnie that I said, hello. <laughs> I sure will. Give my love to your family as well. I will. Thanks, Jenny. Take care. Bye, hun. Bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT. And I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, isn't Jenny just the best? I really had so much fun chatting with her. It was honestly like talking to a friend, which both times I've met her, that's how she is. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I'm someone, I grew up with her on like singled out. And like I had said, I, I read her, her book when I was pregnant with Logan. So she, she's someone who I, I feel like I know because she's been like such like a part of my life for so long. Um, and then just getting to chat with her, it was like everything I could have wanted it to be and more. She was just so great, so open. And I really, I hope that everybody listening, like I was saying in the beginning, just kind of comes away with like a different perspective on, on their whole journey. And I thought it was amazing how she talked about, you know, Evan coming to her and saying like, 
why were you so public about this? And just her explanation to him and, and sharing how it really did help so many people. I do think about, you know, even 2002 doesn't sound that long ago, at least to me. But it's crazy how much things have changed, you know, from the time that, that Evan was diagnosed until now. Even like how Jenny was saying, like in the media, like autism, there's just such like a a, a broader view now as opposed to back then it was like there, there was so little known and especially publicly there was so little known. So I just, I really, I loved the whole conversation. I love getting to, to hear their story. So thank you so much to everybody for listening. If you, you know, are a new listener, I hope you'll check out, we have many episodes of back catalog stretches out pretty far now. And, you know, there's a new episode of Adventures in Autism every Wednesday. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Always love hearing from you guys. If you are enjoying the show and you would like to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. And by us, I mean me because I'm a one-woman show. I am just a mom with a microphone wanting to share this message of, you know, this is life with autism and we're just keeping it real here. So that is all for today. Again, thank you so much to Jenny for coming on the pod. Hopefully we'll get that part two. I'm going to be waiting for that. (laughs) And thank you so much to everybody for listening. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.